Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken back on Amazing Business Radio with another amazing episode. This time, we are talking with Allie Rail, who is the VP of Customer Experience at Slack. And if you are like me, we think we know what Slack is, but there's so much more that Slack can do. It's not just a basic communication tool, but we're going to learn more about that in just a moment. A couple of quick announcements before we dive into the interview. If you've got a story that you want to share, an amazing customer service story, just Share it with me on all of the social media channels. You know where I'm at. I'm everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'll either answer or respond to the story there. And if you've got a question, by the way, use the hashtag AskShep. I'll answer your questions in those uh, social media channels, or I'll do it in my newsletter, or I'll do it on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. You can find the first season and a little bit more on Apple TV, on Amazon, Roku, uh, C-Suite. And now if you just want to go to YouTube, we have the episodes on YouTube. Just go to beamazing.tv. All right. With that in mind, Let's talk with Allie Rail, who is the VP of Customer Experience at Slack. And I'll just, I'll tie it all together with this line. She is responsible for making the working lives of Slack's millions of users simpler and more productive. Allie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Really happy to be here. It's fun. So I, I thought what we can do, I, I mean, I know of Slack as a communication tool. I've used Slack. I know it's a little bit more than that, and and be, and I will share this with the audience. Before we started the interview, I said, so can you kind of give us an overview of like exactly what Slack is? And it's like, you didn't say, well, that's the million dollar question, but you said that is a big question. But for the purposes of customer service and experience, how do you see Slack working and, and how are people using it? Yeah, it, it truly is the million dollar question um, because Slack encompasses so many things for so many different people, whether it's industry, company, type of business department, whatever. So when I think of Slack for a customer support, experience, care, you know, any of these types of departments, um, I think of a tool that brings all the people who have the customer at the center of their work together, where we can talk about challenges, where we can solve problems together, and where we can bring in the rest of our companies to help ensure that we are serving our customers as well as we possibly can. So kind of the larger, so are, oh, go ahead. Are we communicating direct with the customer with Slack or is this an internal communication tool? It's both. I had a feeling you were going to tell me both. It, yeah, it's both. Because so <laughs> I get the of, internal part easy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, most of what, um, for example, my team does is internal communications. And it's, you know, everything from, hey, can somebody look at this and give me a theory of what's going on to, um, you know, let's talk to the product organization about this new trend that we're seeing. Uh, you know, we are a 24-7, 365 organization. So often it's like our Dublin team passing off information to our Toronto team as, you know, shifts change. But when we talk about external communication, we also have a feature called Slack Connect. And this allows you to um, bring other folks who use Slack with their companies uh, basically into your own workspace, you, um, you share channels. So all conversation in Slack happens in channels. And these are the fundamental flexible building blocks of conversations in Slack. A channel can contain whatever. It can contain you know, banter between your team. It can contain 
um, announcements from your executives and it can contain all of the just normal back and forth um, conversation that you have in the course of doing work. So when we talk about shared channels, it's two or more companies coming together in a single channel to get work done. And when I think about, um, you know, none of us live on an island. Our companies exist in an ecosystem of vendors and partners. And a lot of the work that we get done, including with our customers, is it's stuff that we do together. So when my team works with um, external, you know, with our customers in Slack Connect, like we're just, you know, two folks sitting together in a channel getting some work done. Yeah, essentially it's, uh, and this is really powerful for the new work from home environment that we've been thrust into. Uh, a, a couple of quick questions. Uh, number one, how does a customer get on a Slack channel for a company if they want to communicate with the company? Um, they can, so either side can initiate it. So um, if I wanted to communicate with one of my vendors and I do this a lot, if I know that they use Slack, I'm like, hey, can we take this out of email and use Slack Connect? I send them an invite. It's really easy to do through the product and we're instantly connected um, or they can do it with me. Yep. And so essentially it's an, and I don't want to uh, downplay the power of Slack, but it's essentially another communication channel like a, uh, a WhatsApp or a text messaging type program with a little bit more around it. So one of the differences, um, and this isn't just text messaging, but also email, um, we all have our own silos of information. So, you know, Shep, if you and I start sending text messages, um, nobody that I work with can see it and nobody that you work with can see it. But in Slack, if we share a channel and we start talking and suppose that I need to bring in someone else from my staff, I just invite them to the channel. They can see the full conversation that we've had. They can catch up on their own and they can start contributing right away. So, so much of um, what Slack enables is history. It's the history of how your company operates, what decisions you've made, uh, you know, kind of what you've learned in the course of running your business. And it gives everybody the ability to step into conversations midstream and to also kind of review conversations after the fact. So this history of how you've built your business and how you run your business and what's going on is, you know, a super important and kind of core tenant and a differentiator of using Slack. All right. So I want you to give it to me in like one, maybe two sentences. Oof. Why is this important? It's Man, a hard question. I, I know. get two but, sentences. But, well, okay. I'll tell you why. I'm looking for a tweetable okay. moment here. I'm looking for okay. like uh, an tweetable aha, moment. Because I, I understand now Slack is a communication tool. It allows for collaboration. Mm -hmm. It allows for whoever I'm collaborating with to take a look back and see what we've talked about. So there's some history and context to it all. It. I don't have to bring somebody in and start all over. I realize these are great advantages to using a program like yours. Mm -hmm. So so now it's not so much about Slack. I'm putting, I want you to put on the, you know, VP of customer experience yeah. of anywhere, not just Slack. Yeah. Why is this important? So if you are a leader, it is your job to tell people what's important. And if your team understands what's important and they have access to all the information that they need to do their job successfully, people start moving in the same direction. You get alignment in your company. Uh, it, lowers, it lowers the administrative burden. It lowers the hierarchical burden and the decision burden. So what just broadly accessible communications does is it helps your business to be more agile. 
by putting all of the knowledge that people need to be successful at their jobs in their hands. Okay. And is it like, uh, and so now you're getting into a part of Slack that I'm not familiar with. Mm -hmm. Am I able to treat it like a book where I can go in and look at a conversation and open up to that chapter, if you will? Absolutely. Um, just yesterday, uh, somebody asked me like, you know, why did we build this feature this way? And I was able to pull up a conversation from 2013 and just point them to it. And I was like, here's the discussion where we made that decision. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Let's get into some case studies uh, because I want everybody to understand the power of a communication tool like Slack and how it really impacts customer experience. Uh, Oscar Health. Yeah. Oscar Health is great. Um, for folks who aren't familiar with them, they are a direct-to-consumer health insurance company. And they run, you know, they run their business on Slack. Uh, obviously, healthcare was at the, they're kind of at the focal point of everything that happened in March. And they um, headquartered in New York City also were subject to, you know, shelter in place and lockdown orders. So what Oscar Health ended up doing was the first thing that they had to do was set up a website to help people locate, um, you know, uh, testing sites and other information about, about the lockdown. And they said that, you know, normally it would take us a couple of months to spin up a website like this where people could, for example, search for a testing location. They said that thanks to Slack, we were able to do this in just a few days. Um, one thing that they highlighted was it allowed them to kind of throw all of their processes out the window. And I think this is something a lot of us discovered at the beginning of the pandemic is so many of our processes were also embedded in like how we work together as people in an office, what tools we had yep. available, like let's go grab a whiteboard. Um, when all of those structures start to get torn down, you start to see other things that can get torn down as well. So at Oscar yeah, Health- We're all sent home without yeah. the ability to, uh, I can't look over at your office and go, hey, I got a moment. Do you have a moment? Let's get together. Let's get a few others. Let's go into a conference yeah. room. Let's map out a new process. Let's come up with a new idea. So if uh, what I'm impressed with uh, in general, during when the pandemic started last March and people were sent home, how quickly companies were forced to do things and they actually did them. You said what normally took a few months took less than two weeks. Mm -hmm. And how did Slack help with that? And I know, I don't know if this is part of Oscar. I guess it is Oscar Health uh, you're specifically talking about mm -hmm. with their website. So how did Slack help with that? It's just great communication, uh, easier than ever to use and talk to each other. What, what, what was behind that? So I, I talked about channels and channels are really what is behind this. So Oscar Health, everybody's at home. We need to spin up this website. So they created channels for everything that needed to happen to make this website exist and get out into the world. And um, this allows you to bring the right people together and you know, push forward, figure out everything that needs to be done by whom and by when. So it's a very um, low friction, low effort way to keep everybody on the same page. And we saw this kind of writ large across everybody who suddenly had to figure out how to work remotely. Um, Folks just needed a flexible way to communicate and they needed a flexible way to aggregate people and information. And ultimately, you know, to what I said before, when we all know what we're doing, such as making a new website to find testing locations, when everybody um, can see all the same information, they can very easily kind of go into their own focused productivity space 
you know, create the work that they need to create to make sure that this thing exists in the world and get it out the door. Okay, great. And, and actually allow others to see what they're doing and, and the journey. The goal is we're trying to simulate something that is as close to in-person as possible without being in-person. Yeah, there's an interesting kind of dynamic here. We've called it the lift and shift. So, you know, which practices did we lift out of the office and shift directly into our homes? Zoom meetings are a really, you know, big example of this where, you know, we all thought, well, this is a meeting where we'd sit in a room, therefore we're going to sit in a Zoom call. Uh, you know, plenty of research and I think all of our experiential kind of, um, well, our own experiences tell us that Zoom all day is way more exhausting than, you know, sitting in meeting rooms with people all day for a lot of different reasons. So over the last year, we've taken a lot of looks at the various kind of lift and shift practices and tried to figure out um, which ones of these make sense in our remote world and which ones do we need to change. And we have seen not only ourselves, but a lot of customers really start to play with how they work and how they work together. And, you know, doing more offline, doing more asynchronously, working more in documents and even reverting to phone calls. Wow. The antique phone. All right. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> we I come know. back. I want to talk more about lift and shift and more about how great experiences in the world of customer service and experience drive trust and engagement and how Slack is a part of that. You are listening to Amazing Business Radio. We're going to come right back. Don't go away. Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases or cults. And good news, I've revised and updated the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, is available for purchase now. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. So, what are you waiting for? Go to www.cultofthecustomer.com. Go there today and order. Join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists. The cult of the customer. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Ali Ray. Rail, excuse me, rail, like railroad. I'm looking at R-A-Y-L, which is an interesting way to spell rail. Anyway, she is the vice president of customer experience at Slack. This is a, a, I mean, really, before we get into or back into the Oscar health example, Slack has been around for how many years now? Um, we launched this product in February of 2013. So we are just a little over or 2014. I'm sorry. So we're a little over seven years old. And you were having some success because everybody talked about Slack and Slack. And I mean, I would mm -hmm. go to conferences and we'd all be on Slack. And But then the pandemic hit mm -hmm. March 2020. And I'll bet like Zoom never expected to take off. And you mentioned Zoom just a few minutes ago. Slack probably took off and just like hockey stick profile as far as usage. Is that right? That is correct. It was a, it was an extraordinary, extraordinary month for growth. Um, you know, we had, <laughs> I can imagine. yeah, it was, it was a fire hose. It was really, um, you know, it's a really kind of galvanizing and rewarding moment for us. Uh, people needed us. And that is such a privileged position to be in at that moment in time. So cast your mind back a year 
And all of the messaging that we were getting was, the only thing you can do is stay home and wash your hands and don't touch your face. So to work at a company where you actually have agency to help more in this situation, to be working with customers every day who are saying, I don't know anything about your product, but I need to learn it in the next 15 minutes in order to keep my business running. <laughs> um, and we had a lot of these conversations. One thing that we ended up doing was spinning up a one-to-one -one consult program. We would talk to anybody. We'd just uh, schedule 20 minute slots with them all around the globe. They could, you know, we'd hop on the phone with them and say, what can we help you with today? So we got a lot of new folks um, up and running with Slack, comfortable with the product and you know, customized a little bit for what their business needs were during that time. That's how did you, did you have to ramp up your customer support to do that? We didn't. Um, it was, you know, it was a group effort as a team effort. So for those calls, you might've ended up on the phone with our CFO. You might've ended up on the phone with one of our product managers. So this wasn't just handled by my team. We really enlisted the entire company in helping our customers. You know, I just finished writing a book called um, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Comes out September 2021. And one of the chapters uh, it, it has an example of Bill Gates deciding he wanted to get firsthand experience on what the customer was saying. And he actually went into a call center and he answered, hello, Microsoft support. This is Bill. How can I help you? <laughs> Or something like that. And he actually took calls. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that the CFO, the CEO, the president, the VPs who are taking these types of calls learned a tremendous amount about their customers that they didn't know before. Uh, absolutely. Um, these calls were like, they were just really meaningful for people who took them. Uh, you know, sometimes people are hesitant to do this. It's a little scary if you're not used to being on the phone with a customer to suddenly be doing it. What we saw is that once anybody in the company took a call, they're like, that was actually great. I want to do more. When can I sign up to do more of these? And we just, we had a little sign up sheet and folks came in, we, you know, pretty much everybody ended up doing, um, you know, five or more calls, everybody who ended up doing this work with us. It was- wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, this is okay. So here's a big takeaway that has nothing to do with Slack, but has to Great. do with your business. Everybody listening here, here it is. All right. Everybody in the company. And I mean, everybody, I don't care what the job is. Even the person that sweeps the floors, if they may not actually be on the phone, they should be shadowing and listening in on several conversations to understand the impact that any company makes on customers' lives both uh, positive and how we deal with things when they're negative, if they're calls that need support or problems being resolved. So big takeaway there. All right. Um, I know we didn't finish and we've only got a few minutes, but I want to get back to Oscar Health because there's some good, good information there about, you know, really how uh, this company turned around in a short period of time and started delivering a better experience to both their customers who are patients in the health insurance world um, and also their employees. Yeah, so one thing we didn't talk about before is uh, what it looked like for Oscar to shift their customer care operations um, to you know the remote working world overnight. And this ties into that larger picture of um, you know the lift and shift, what did it look like? Like what practices did we take out of the office and bring into the virtual world and exactly how did we do that? So 
for folks who you know run customer support organizations, this is going to be pretty familiar. Uh, they have different tiers of support. So in the Oscar model, like you are a direct consumer insurance company. So consumers you know, of your insurance products contact you directly. And so the folks on their front lines are actually talking with individual people about you know, various different health things. During a pandemic, when everything is you know, up in the air, regulations are changing frequently. And so as mm. they move through their tiers, um, they manage these in Slack. So a lot of the tier one stuff, um, really fast uh, responses to common problems and questions. There's a channel for this. When things go up to tier two, these are like their state channels, their regional channels. So, um, you know, somebody in New York doesn't necessarily know the regulations for Missouri. And there are specialists in Missouri in these tier two areas for those people to get that support. You know, then you go to an expert channel. So one thing that you see in this lift and shift paradigm where in the past it was a matter of spinning your chair around and asking the state expert for help. Now it's yep, somebody who's in the next cubicle. Order. Yeah, now it's going to Slack and knowing that that person will be there, that person is paying attention and is just as available to give you an answer as they were when they were sitting next to you. So Slack in, uh, it's like if I were going to do the TV commercial or the radio commercial Slack, the next best thing to actually being there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in some cases, it's absolutely true. All right. Well, we're going to have to start to wrap up here. I know there's this comment uh, that was on my my notes as I came into the interview. Great customer experience. Uh, it's great customer experiences drive engagement and trust, and these definitely impact growth. They impact revenue. Uh, can you elaborate on that comment? It is at the core of everything we do. Um, I've been at this company since the beginning, and I've been lucky to build customer experience into everything about how we build our products and how we think about what our customers need of us. And what you see in Slack is a business that has grown, like a lot of our growth is viral. It is somebody recommending to somebody that they try Slack to solve their problems. You as a business, you don't get recommendations if your customers don't trust you. And so that engagement, when we can help people and we can get them like, Slack isn't the most important part of anyone's workday. We're just like a tool. So we actually have to make ourselves worthy of that recommendation. And for me, that means that when something goes wrong, when something is confusing, when something isn't obvious, my department is the one that can bridge that gap. We're the ones that can take that customer from you know, unsure or upset to confident and successful and willing to recommend our product. And that's exactly what every customer support department and any company should do. Resolve the problem to not just fix it, but also restore the confidence to a level where people want to come back and ideally recommend you. All right. We're at the very end. I always ask the one thing question. Is there one thing you'd like to leave us with today? Um, kind of going back to what I said earlier, uh, people, people make smart decisions when they know the direction that they need to go in and they have the information they need to do it independently. Great, and one of the tools to get there and to share that information is uh, using Slack. Absolutely. Thought I'd throw that pitch in there for you. I so appreciate you that, that was really it. kind, thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody, this wraps up another amazing interview on Amazing Business Radio. Thank you, Allie Rail, 
the VP of Customer Experience at Slack for joining us today. Uh, We'll be back next week with another amazing interview, so make sure you tune in for that. Until that time, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.